1: boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball coverage, the ACC Football Podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, it was a, a, a fantastic week one. We've now had a little bit of time to recover. Are you ready for week two?
0: Yeah, ready for week two. Um, yeah, week one was really solid. Had a really good recap there um, that we recorded on Monday. Um, obviously, the louisville Dame game happened and we'll get into that in a second a lot of good things there out of Louisville Joey they look decent um if you're a Louisville fan hard not to come away from that game and courage, but yeah on to week two um a lot of really interesting games this week and obviously there's the one highlight with Clemson Texas A&M that we'll get into which is obviously the premier game of the weekend but there's a lot of other interesting games throughout the conference here in week two
1: Yeah, this is that time of year where you feel like you've been on like a crash diet for like nine straight months and you've barely even like thought about carbs, much less eaten one or even, you know, considered them. Um, And then all of a sudden you just go on like a ridiculous binge and then you turn around and you're like, I don't know if I can do any more of this. And then there's more just waiting for you right afterwards. Right. Like we haven't seen any college football and then we just spend like six days on end watching it. And then all of a sudden there's more of it right afterwards. So this is cool. Um, get college football through Sunday and Monday and all that. Then it comes back. Um, we'll see a little bit this Friday. we got a couple of games we'll preview. But as you mentioned, uh, Monday night, the game that we did not yet have a chance to recap, uh, the Louisville Cardinals hosted the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, Notre Dame takes that game pretty comfortably in the second half, a final score of 35 to 17. Uh, Louisville hung close in this game, though. And, and really, this game was close through halftime. Um, it was 21 to 14 at halftime, but... Uh, really only a few minutes before halftime was when that tie was broken. It was 14-all. And and I was really impressed with what I saw from Louisville. Um, A lot of good energy. There was definitely a a distinct difference in what the program looked like and the energy that you saw in game one under Scott Satterfield versus what we saw in almost all the games last year under Bobby Petrino. Um, Obviously, I I mean, good, comfortable win for Notre Dame and and a team that we expect to be really good this year and – Louisville, we did not expect to really come out on the, the winning end of this. But I think if you're Louisville, Mike, there's a lot of positives to be taken out of this game, even in losing by, what is it, 18 points?
0: Yeah, I mean, number one, they tried hard. I mean... It's, That's an upgrade. It's it's certainly an upgrade, and it's something that we didn't see a whole lot last year, right? The team put on Bobby Petrino. The coaching staff quit on the players, whatever, however you want to frame it. It was not good last year for Louisville. And you saw the distinct opposite here in game one of 2019 um, under under Scott Siderfield in the new era. Uh, Jawan Pass looked really comfortable in the pocket and he looked comfortable with the offense for really the first time in his career. So that was refreshing. It's like, wow, this offense fits me and the coaching staff believes in me. Imagine that. Um, He wasn't constantly looking over his shoulder to see if Malik Cunningham was going to come into the game. It wasn't like one of those situations like you saw a year ago. So, you know, clear trust between the quarterback and his coaching staff. Amazing what that can do to a guy like Juwan Pass, who was a highly talented recruit and a guy who had high expectations coming into Louisville. And for the first time in his career as a junior, he seems comfortable. Which is saying something. Um, so yeah, Louisville looked really good, specifically in the running game uh, on the first few possessions. Notre Dame didn't have any answers defensively uh, throughout the better part of the, la- of the first quarter. Uh, Notre Dame made some adjustments. Louisville um, was kind of, you know, they were out talented, we'll say, um, in, in you know the better part of the second quarter. And there was the stretch before halftime with the fumbles, and you know Notre Dame got set up for a late score there before halftime, which really turned the game. But Um, You know, I thought Louisville came out and played hard, which is something that really, as a Louisville fan, you have to be encouraged by, because as we outlined, Joey, there is not a shortage of talent on this roster. It's just a matter of whether or not this roster believes in the coaching staff, will play hard and play to their capabilities. And I think that's clear that they'll do that this year. I don't know how many wins that will amount to, because, again, it's a new offensive and defensive scheme, and you have players that don't quite fit that scheme. Um, to a lesser scale than a team like Georgia Tech, for example, but all of them you know it's still a it's still a thing that's going to be prevalent. It's still, it's still going to be something to watch. But you know, Louisville's got talent. They're going to play hard. I think they're going to end up being pretty decent for a quote unquote you know bad or below average team in the ACC. But at the very least, they'll be watchable, and that's an improvement from a year ago. And I think there's a lot of positives to take away from the performance there on Monday night.
1: I think we saw the signs of something that we've said in some of the team previews with Louisville is that this is not a team that's devoid of talent. You know, they're they're not going to look like they just don't belong on the same field as some of these teams. And and it doesn't mean they're going to win all these games, but the way that they were being just total pushovers down the stretch last year would, would indicate something that is not necessarily the case in terms of this team's pure capabilities. As you mentioned, it is the effort that is going to go a long way um, you saw a great effort, I thought, from Brian Brown's defense there, especially in the first half. They were giving Notre Dame's offense a hell of a time after their first two drives. Um, or Really, I think I think Notre Dame's second drive, Louisville forces a three and out. They forced one or two more three and outs through the first half. I mean, and that's a Notre Dame team that, again, just played in the college football playoff a year ago and brought back like 14, 15 starters, right? So th- that's a very capable offense that Louisville was given a lot of problems to. And I-, I was just really encouraged by what I saw there. 2 um, Tutu Atwell looks like a hell of a player for them as, as a wide receiver and a, a guy who seems like he can do a little bit of everything. Um, so he's a guy to watch. Uh, one of the other things I had down, Mike, and as you kind of alluded to, there was a little stretch there right before halftime that ended up seeming like it kind of turned the game that, man, if that game had happened on Sunday night, we would have had a serious go ACC moment of the week uh, candidate because there was three straight plays Uh, that saw these teams fumble to each other. Uh, Juwan pass gets the ball stripped from him, fumbled Notre Dame recovers. Next thing you know, Notre Dame fumbles, Louisville recovers. Next thing you know, Louisville fumbles again. I think fumbled the snap and Notre Dame recovered again. Uh, So three straight turnovers and three plays go ACC to that. Good on you, Louisville Um, little honorary candidate from last week, but Overall, yeah, I mean, I, I I'm encouraged by what I saw here. I am not as sold at this point that Louisville is only going to be like a three and nine team. I think there's there's a chance we're talking about an ap- approaching bowl eligibility team. I don't know they're going to quite get there, but four or five wins I think is more reasonable than I thought it would have been a couple weeks ago. So all to say, just a, a really encouraging performance I thought from Louisville in this game and and. As you mentioned, I mean, there's there's some scheme change here, but probably the more impactful part is really just just the effort, which is a really bizarre thing to say about a college football team in 2019. But it is what it is,
0: especially from a power five conference and a team that has been, you know, they they were a playoff contender a couple of years ago with Lamar Jackson. Um, They had a game against Clemson where. You know, a couple things go their way late, and we're talking about Louisville as a potential playoff sleeper and a legitimate playoff contender, at least um, throughout, you know, late October, early November. So it's not that long ago that Louisville was among the top teams in the country. Uh, but the fact that they fell off the way that they did, and, you know, we're talking about them in the light that we are saying, okay, well, at least they played hard in their opener. It's, it's been a few years, and it's pretty remarkable that that's the light we're talking about them in at this point. But, yeah, really encouraging opener overall for Louisville, I think, and a lot to build off of.
1: The fall-off really has been astounding, and and I really think that the inflection point there was that Thursday night Houston game where Tom Herman's Houston team just ran circles around him, and that's all I'm going to say about that because I don't want to relive that anymore. Nope. Um, I was there. It was not a, not a pleasant experience for your boy, so um am going to pass on that. Anyways, uh, Mike, anything else before we move on to week two? No, I think we're good. I think so. Number nine, Notre Dame, 35, Louisville, 17, encouraging performance from the Cardinals. We'll uh, hope to see some more of that down the stretch, but we'll, uh, we'll report back. All right, Mike, let's move on to week two. Uh, week two is a, an interesting s- slate in the ACC, we'll say. Uh, there is one conference game, but every team is in action, meaning we have 13 games to preview here. Uh, that's the good news. Lots of football. Um, the other good news is that um, the ACC is, is per, you know, participating in undoubtedly one of the two uh, marquee games of the weekend um, as Clemson is going to be playing Texas A&M on uh, Saturday afternoon. And then LSU plays at Texas on Saturday night. And so always good to have some ACC out of conference representation there in some of these marquee games. So that's great. Um, here's the thing though, Mike, is that, of these uh, thirteen games that we're going to preview, nine of them have spreads of seventeen points or more. Whoops! Yeah, and uh, so a lot of these, if we're going to try to make them interesting, we we have our work cut out for us. So we're going to do our best here. Uh, there's there's a lot to, to go over, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our best. So are you? Uh, do you feel like we're up to the challenge
0: here? <laughs> we're as prepared as we can be.
1: <laughs> go, ACC. Um Okay. Let's start out with, of course, number one, Clemson, uh, hosting Texas A&M, uh, the number 12 Aggies coming to town, uh, returning a visit that Clemson made last year to College Station. This game's at 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Uh, Clemson, Mike, by the way, and, and I said that there's a whole bunch of these big spread games as if it was all just a bunch of blowout expected games. Clemson's a 17.5-point home favorite against the Texas A&M Aggies here. Um, this is a game that was decided by two points last year, and – Basically Dabo should be thinking his lucky stars that he pulled the trigger to bring in Trevor Lawrence when he did cuz without that I mean that they weren't going to win that game necessarily Texas A&M with a late furious comeback are are we really saying that Clemson's a full you know two and a half touchdowns better than Texas A&M at this point
0: Yeah, bringing Trevor Lawrence in the last game, last year's game helped a lot. Um, But I think Kelly Bryant made a lot of plays down the stretch where if they didn't have him, I'm not sure they win that game either. So it it was one of those things where, you know, Dabo truly needed both of his quarterbacks there. Um, They're lucky they survived that one last year in College Station. Uh, This year it's at Clemson and in Death Valley, which I think definitely makes a difference. I'm not sure Clemson's 17 and a half points better. Um, I watched... The same game you watched, Joey, last Thursday night, and Trevor Lawrence did not look all that sharp. Now, that's not to say that he's still not one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He certainly is, but he was missing some throws we expected him to hit on, primarily over the middle of the field. He missed on a couple of out routes to open receivers. Um, Even without a lot of pressure in the pocket, he was just missing throws, which is very uncharacteristic of Trevor Lawrence, and unlike the guy that we saw last year uh, throughout the latter half of the season and, of course, in the national championship game. Look, Texas A&M's running game is a little bit more suspect. They don't have Travion Williams anymore. That makes a difference, right? Um, it, you know, they, they have a lot of talent in the backfield still, and they got talent at the skill positions. Uh, but Clemson's ability to stop the run in this game I think is huge because you know I look at Kellen Mond. I think Kellen Mond's a good quarterback. I think he's a little bit underrated considering what he is in the SEC. Um, I think he gets less credit than he deserves. With that being said, I, I, I'm not sure that, even at his best, he can carry Texas A&M enough through the air to win the football game. Um, So I think if Clemson stops the run, I think they're only going to have a really excellent chance to win the game. Uh, I think Texas A&M's defense is good. I think they have a chance to uh, at least slow down Clemson in one of the two phases of the game. But where I see the difference in the two teams, Joey, is that Clemson is far superior quarterback. and I think they're superior running back as well. So even if you know, one of those elements is taken away, and one of those cases is taken away from the Clemson offense. I still think they have a the better chance of beating you with whatever option you don't take away. And I, I'm not sure Texas A&M's defense is good enough to completely shut down Clemson to the point where we're talking about a low-scoring game, you know, at home that is going to end up losing. I just don't see it. 17 and a half does feel like a lot, though, Joey. I, I think Clemson wins. I'm not sure they cover. That seems like a lot of points. Uh, but I'm taking um, I'm taking the Tigers. I think Trevor Lawrence will play better. I think ETN will have another nice day. Um, I think Kellen Bond will play well too, Joey. And I think this game will be competitive uh, in the second half. It's just a matter of whether or not um, Texas A&M can make enough plays offensively uh, to, to push them to, to push their offense and their overall team over the top. I just I'm not sure I see it. So give me Clemson. I, I think Texas A&M keeps it within 10. So I, I do think it's going to be much more competitive than the 17 and a half point spread, but you know, we could potentially see a backdoor cover situation, I guess, but I, I I'm going to lean Texas A&M to cover, but I think Clemson wins.
1: I tend to agree with a lot of what you said there. I, the, to me, I, I tend to think that Texas A&M is going to be really good this year. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be good year two under Jimbo Fisher. And I think they might even be even better next year in year three. Um, I, I don't know if they're quite good enough to go on the road and outright win against Clemson, but I, I do think they're good enough to give them problems. And I think where Clemson probably has some personnel advantages, I think Texas AM and probably has some coaching advantages, right? You know, if I want to sit here and say, I, can I think of a defensive coordinator that I like about as much as I like Brent Venables, Mike Elko has got to be up there. Yeah. I mean, he, he was really good for Wake Forest for years. He was really good for Notre Dame the year he was there. You know, I, I think he can prepare his defense to to you know take on this Clemson offense. Likewise, calling plays on offense, Jimbo Fisher has been pretty masterful in the, in the previous years, and he's he's had some really back and forth battles with Debo Swinney's Clemson team over the years. So, I I, I just don't think that Clemson's going to be able to run away with this game like the number would suggest. Um, Clemson opened around a nineteen and a half point favorite, and it's come down to seventeen and a half, which tells us something. Um, I'm with you. I think A&M covers here. I don't know that – I don't think that they're going to get it done overall. I think Clemson wins this game somewhat close, maybe in the 7- to 10-point range. Um, but I – yeah, I like Texas AM to cover. I, I don't think that they're going to get blown out in the way that would make it outside of 17 points. Um, then again, there's also a little bit uh, element to this that says this line kind of stinks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's going to be a couple of times that we've referenced that in this show that there's, there's a couple of these lines that stink. Like something, somebody knows something that um, I, I should be aware of or that I shouldn't, they're begging me to take A&M on this, right? Like an SEC team that's number 12 in the country and the whole thing, like surely they want me to bet A&M. So what do they know that I don't? So I don't know. Um, other number worth considering here, the total is 64. I think I like that number. I think that's probably about right. If I'm putting a score on this, it's probably 35-28, which puts you right at 63, you know, or 38-28, something like that. Like, I I think that's probably the right number there. So probably leave the total alone. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that'll be the game of the weekend, I think, for the ACC to watch for sure, Um, and and certainly on the national scale because there's probably about two games that Clemson has the best chance to lose this year, and this is one of them. So, um, we'll see how uh, Al Dabo and the boys have, have Clemson prepared and ready to go in Death Valley this
0: uh, Saturday afternoon. Maybe it's the uh, – Joey, maybe it's the fact that Clemson's had more time to rest. I mean, they got like 10 days, right? A&M didn't play last Thursday. They no. did. They played Texas State on yeah. Thursday. Yeah, I thought it was a Friday game. Well, never mind. There goes that.
1: <laughs> that. As a man, Houston resident – As a Houston resident, I'm fully aware of this because there were games that did not want to put on Georgia Tech-Clemson because A&M was playing Texas State. Oh,
0: phenomenal. And
1: honestly, I'm not sure which game was more competitive because neither one of them was particularly close.
0: Well, if you've come for hard-hitting analysis, I'm your guy.
1: (laughs) Dilly-dilly, go ACC. Okay, Uh, let's move on. We both got A&M covering 17.5, but Clemson winning outright. So we'll move on here. Uh, 8 o'clock. Prime time in the ACC Network, Mike. Uh, the Miami Hurricanes traveling to Chapel Hill. They are a four-and-a-half-point favorite taking on the North Carolina Tar Heels. North Carolina coming in hot off a win over South Carolina. Uh, Miami coming in off a near miss against Florida. Does this line stink to you?
0: Miami's going to put them out to pasture, I think, Joey. <laughs> I think Sorry, background. Uh, Brown. That's the nicest way for me to say it. Um, Sorry, Matt. Yeah. Um, What to say about North Carolina? Like, congratulations on your win against South Carolina. We, you know, we recapped it. We said it was a good win. It was, and it was a little bit unexpected because, hey, we don't know what to expect about out of the Tar Heels this year. Sam Howell looked pretty good. Their receiving core looked pretty good. They ran the ball really well. There was a lot to like about North Carolina in that football game. The problem is I think South Carolina might absolutely suck. There's <laughs> there's a chance that that's the case, right? And so That's a real possibility at this it, point. It is. It's a very real possibility. So, you know, is there a chance that we're looking at North Carolina and we're saying, oh, we're overvaluing that win? Yeah, probably. Um, and I'm only going to – Um, give them props for a week Joey not even a week I'm going to go into this head-on in this Miami game and Look, I mean, I think North Carolina will play hard. I think they will do that all year long, much like Louisville. I, I think they have the right coach in there to get the program turned around. I don't know what that means for five years from now, but I think they have the right guy to at least get it back on equal footing to the rest of the ACC Coastal. Does that mean I think they're going to beat Miami after what I saw out of Jaron Williams against Florida a little over a week ago? No, absolutely not. Um, I, I think CM Howell could play well, but I, I think Miami's defense is better in South Carolina, surely. I do. Um, Because of that, I I think Sam Howell might struggle a little bit more. I think Jaron Williams will play well, right? I mean, he's had a full week and a half to kind of process his first real game action as a collegiate starter and, you know, see where he went wrong and where he can improve. And, hey, this is a get-right game for Jaron Williams, I guess, if he thought that he struggled. Or, you know, Dan Eno certainly thought he struggled, I guess, with his comments post-game. So I think it's an opportunity for Jaron Williams to play a little bit better here as well. Um, I just think Miami's a better team, Joey. Uh, I think they win. I think they cover. Um, I think they win this game by 10 to 12 points. I think North Carolina keeps it competitive, but I like Miami to cover here. Um, I, I think, you know, North Carolina's being a bit overvalued here uh, based on the spread that's, that's out there. And uh, I think Miami could end up putting them in their place on Saturday. I've got a hot take here for
1: you, Mike. Yeah, I don't think North Carolina's defensive line is as good as Florida's. Oh, really? I yeah, um, I'm going to stand by that. Yeah. I, I don't think North Carolina is going to rush the passer as effectively as Florida did. So, with that in mind, Jaron Williams might have a bit of an easier time getting the ball out um, and, and getting it distributed. I think if you're North Carolina, your best hope to win this game is in a low-scoring affair. Um, I, you know, it, it didn't seem like they were too willing to um, really cut Sam Howell loose last week. And if you weren't going to cut him loose against South Carolina, you better not cut him loose against Miami. Because Miami's secondary and defense in general is far more equipped to uh, take advantage of that if if you've got a guy that's making some mistakes and that kind of thing. So um, look good against South Carolina is one thing, but in in kind of limited responsibility and uh, limited reps. I think you got to keep that formula going. And then I just don't know how that translates, you know, running the ball a whole bunch into the Miami defense is kind of a, a a hit or miss strategy, I guess we'll say. I I don't have a ton of faith in that working. I, yeah, I UNC's defense looked pretty good, but I I tend to think Miami's offense is going to be able to move around them to some degree. I don't know. This line does stink, but I, I think I'm going to lean into Miami with you, Mike, here. I'm going to take Miami in the four and a half, um, you know, win that game pretty comfortably here. Double digits might be a little bit much, but I think they cover four and a half at the very least. Um, so we'll go with Miami here. And then the total is 48. I lean under on that, Mike. That, that seems like kind of a high number. I don't know how much scoring these two teams are going to do against each other, especially what we saw from North Carolina's defense last
0: last week. I could just see a scenario. The reason why I'm probably not going to touch that over-under unless I pick it for my, you know, <laughs> unless I make it my pick of the week or something like an idiot. Um, Foreshadowing. Yeah, <laughs> I won't. Um, Miami's <laughs> got a lot of athletes on the outside. I think they could, you know, if, if it gets into a track meet, I, I could see Miami scoring a bunch and I could see North Carolina putting up some garbage time points maybe if, if they were trailing by a couple touchdowns and that's where the, over-under gets a little bit dicey for me. Um, I I guess I would lean under, though. I'm with you, but I'm probably not going to touch that.
1: I think the implied score here is around, what, 27-23? Like, 26-22, something like that? Yeah, would be about the implied score. I don't know. Maybe that's right. I just don't see a ton of points in this game, I guess, especially if North Carolina is going to be hell-bent on running the ball, like. I feel like Miami's defense is geared up to, to stop that. So, yeah, I'm going to go under on that. I'm going to lean under, but probably not pick of the week material for me. But, Mike, you do your thing.
0: Um, <laughs> shut the hell up. They, uh, <laughs> they uh, all of a sudden show me out of nowhere. They end up unleashing Sam Howie. throws for, like, 300 yards, and we're both eating our words here doing the recap. We'll see what happens. The ghost of Mr. Trubisky,
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, God. All right. So Miami covering the four and a half in that one. Uh, Let's move on, Mike. Speaking of lines that stink, at noon on ESPN, coming right off college game day, the number 22 Syracuse Orange traveling to College Park, our old friends the Maryland Terrapins. Uh, This game, again, noon on ESPN. And, Mike, we did this before the podcast started. How much would you guess that Syracuse is favored by in this game?
0: Seven to ten points.
1: Seven to ten points. I I tend to agree. I think that's probably where I would set the line, especially where – expectations are with Syracuse this year and all that. Mike Syracuse is an underdog in this game.
0: Makes no sense.
1: It it opened as Syracuse is a four point favorite, and now as we record this Tuesday evening, Syracuse is a two-point underdog to Maryland, which once again stinks. Like what what does somebody know that I don't because this seems completely off. And I don't know if this is an overreaction to Maryland winning seventy-nine to nothing over Howard or Syracuse looking kind of ho-hum, not that great against Liberty.
0: Can you explain this to me at all? Not really. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wish I wish I could. I really want to take Syracuse. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it might be a reaction to Maryland looking good and Josh Jackson, a former ACC quarterback, showing out nicely uh, in the opener and, and playing well for Maryland. Maybe it's that. Um, maybe it's Syracuse looking unimpressive against Liberty. And, you know, it's, you know, Tommy DeVito looking less than stellar throwing a couple of picks. I mean, I who knows what it is. Maybe it's just recency bias and all of a sudden a lot of a lot of betters are, you know, on Maryland in this football game. I don't see it. And it's a weird line and it makes me really nervous to, you know, look at Syracuse and be like, all right, I'm betting them, no doubt, home run, free money anytime you think it's free money, it's probably not free money. And there's a reason why this is being bet the way that it is. But when I think back to our season preview, you know, I looked at the Maryland game and I didn't really come away from it looking at it thinking, Oh yeah, Syracuse will, you know, definitely have trouble in that football game or, you know, that's a game that Syracuse really needs to watch out for in the non conference. Like I, I never came away thinking of that. And I'm going to stick with my guns here, Joey. I, I don't think Syracuse loses this game on Saturday. I think they're able to beat Maryland. Um, you know, I don't know how much that ends up being by, but if they're the underdog, I'm taking Syracuse outright. Uh, I think they find a way to win. I think they're more talented. Um, and maybe we come out of this thing, um, you know, recapping the game on Sunday and we were completely wrong, but I'm just going to go with my gut. And I think Syracuse is the better team. So that's who I'm going to pick, uh, you know, even though I do think this line is very, very strange. I
1: I absolutely don't understand this at all, Mike. And I I look back at Maryland's seasons since moving to the big 10, their first year in the big 10 was 2014 starting then they've gone seven and six, three and nine, six and seven, four and eight, five and seven. Like Maryland is not what they were, you know, in the late two thousands under Ralph region, right? Like when they're actually like a pretty decent formidable program in the ACC, like this is not your, your daddy's Maryland program or even your older brother's Maryland program. Um, so I I don't understand maybe the thought here is that we're overrating Syracuse, you know, that maybe some of the stuff going on last year was a little bit lucky. Um, some of the stuff last week was more indicative of how maybe pedestrian they might be this year. Maybe we don't really believe in Tommy DeVito as much as we should or or we believe more in him than we should kind of thing. I don't know. I'm I am searching for answers to why this line is what it is and I am struggling to find them. And because of that, Mike I'm taking Maryland to cover here. Wow. I can't explain it, but somebody can clearly. If somebody is moving this line six points and changing who the favorite is, I think I have to lean into that. I'm taking Maryland to cover here and, and you know, obviously to win outright, but to cover two, I, I don't, I don't get this. And when the line stinks, I think you just lean into it. I think is what you got to do sometimes. So that's fine I'm with Maryland here. That's
0: fine. I have no good reason for it. I'm sticking to my guns. I, never looked at this as a game that Syracuse would lose. And I don't know. I'm just going to stick with that. And I'm with you. I mean, the line's weird. Um, Actually, I I came up with something. I have something. Okay. I I
1: can think of why this might be a, a bad, bad game for Syracuse. Go. You know who they got on deck?
0: I do. They have Clemson on deck.
1: They have Clemson on deck. This could be a look ahead spot. It could be a huge look ahead spot as a team that has nearly knocked off Clemson last year and did knock him off two years ago. You could easily see a Syracuse team that is looking at not bowl eligible for two straight years, Maryland, and thinking, yeah, we can beat them. Yeah, you know,
0: counterpoint Dino Babers goes into the locker room and tells his guys, don't overlook this team. They just scored 79 points last weekend. <laughs> so. Against
1: Howard, yes, uh, of all teams, but yeah, yeah. I, I think of anything, I, I actually might really like the under 57 and a half in this game. Um, if, if we really think that Syracuse's defense is playing a lot better than they have and, and is really particularly good, and look, 79 points is one thing against Howard is another thing, so Maryland's offense has only ever been so good. They've got Mike Loxley as head coach now, I just don't know that that's going to make that much of a difference, so. I'm steering into it, Mike. I'm taking Maryland minus the two. Uh, Look ahead spot for Syracuse. I'm, I'm going to take the Terps in a – a, uh, what I would have thought was an upset but is apparently just the favorite winning now, which I'm very curious to recap that game when we're, when we're uh, coming back and talking about the rest of the weekend.
0: Pretty scared about it.
1: Absolutely. Let's move on. Two o'clock, the vaunted two o'clock spot on the ACC network. Um, that's a Classic. My Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are hosting the South Florida Bulls, uh, Mike. And my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets, a six point home favorite, coming off a 38 point loss on the road to Clemson. 39. Math is hard. 39. Um, total here, 61.5. USF just got beat 49 to nothing by Wisconsin. And I don't expect Georgia Tech to win this game by 49, but if you're getting blanked at home by Wisconsin and then going on the road the next week, Georgia Tech's defense looked better against Clemson last week. I feel really good about the Yellow Jackets in this game.
0: Yeah, I didn't really see enough out of Georgia Tech to really feel one way or another other than, like, they're going to play well or play hard. Not play well. I I don't know if they're going to play well. Uh, Play hard. (laughs) Um, You know, this is a tough one. Like, I, I watched South Florida just get embarrassed against wisconsin wisconsin's another team that could be like sneaky good in the big 10 or they could just be like seven and five in the big 10 like who knows right like this could be a pretty average run in the middle team or it could be like a 10 or 11 win wisconsin team we're talking about you know pushing for a playoff spot or winning the big 10 or something i don't know um and i don't really know about georgia tech at all right now i mean i know their new coaching staff switching teams, all this stuff we've talked about a million times on this show but they played Clemson, and I—they got blown out. I mean, I what I expected to happen happened, right? So they are who we thought they were, exactly. Um, now, with that being said, South Florida is not who I thought they were. Um, <laughs> didn't didn't see forty nine nothing on the board. Um, thought they could lose to Wisconsin, obviously. Didn't think that they'd lose by seven touchdowns. Uh, do I think South Florida is good? No. Do I think Georgia Tech's good? No, I don't. Um, do I think Georgia Tech? can cover five and a half. Sure. Do I think they will? Not enough to put money on it. I guess if gun to my head, I'm taking South Florida to cover. I think Georgia tech wins. Um, I don't know enough about either team to obviously bet on this. I guess like South Florida is technically more of a known commodity, but I somehow come away from this feeling better about Georgia tech than I do about South Florida. So um, I think just for, shits and gigs Joey I will take South Florida to, to cover five and a half but this is you know much like your reasoning for the Maryland game there's not really much I can point to to say hey that's that's definitely why South Florida will cover that spread I, I really don't know it's just kind of a gut feeling um
1: we say that South Florida is more of a known commodity and it's it's one thing to be known it's another thing to know like what is it that we know like do we know that they're good or we know that they're not good right <laughs> like it you know no, they're not it's great that we we no, know not yeah that's 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 the concern i think um uh, so for what it's worth this game was played last year in tampa and south florida won 49 38 now that was aided by a pair of kickoff return touchdowns which was you know fairly fluky in its own right and you, you can't really say it's going to happen again um georgia tech by the way like the the power run game last year worked exceptionally well, and I've got some what I'll call some inside knowledge here, uh, Mike. Our boy Kelly Quinlan he he runs the Georgia Tech rival site. He also runs the South Florida rival site, um, and he he tends to think that South Florida's offensive line is a total mess. Um, they're replacing several starters. Tends to think that again that that defense is not a whole lot better than they were last year when Georgia Tech kind of ran all over him. Tobias Oliver in particular ran like two plays 30 times and came away with like 150 yards on the ground. Um, So the run game is there for the taking. I just, for Georgia tech, if you're playing a team that just got beat 49 to nothing at their own place and you get them at your place, you damn well better beat them by a score. Like, unless this is going to be a total hard reset, you know, rebuild kind of a, a program for Jeff Collins. Like, I, you better beat him. So I, I feel pretty good taking Georgia tech to cover six here. Um, if, if you're getting towards bowl eligibility this year, this is one of the games that you're going to have to have. Um, I, I realize that there is still some pretty, you know, solid skill talent with South Florida. Um, and, and they, they've done pretty well recruiting and Charlie strong runs a decent program there for what it is. But I I like to think that Georgia tech is able to kind of circle the wagons here after a big beat down loss. And, and come back and and get a win and, and get the first win for Jeff Collins um, on the flats. So I'm going Georgia Tech to cover six. Um, Mike, it sounds like you've got South Florida with the points. And are you taking Tech outright though, or you want South Florida outright? Oh God, no!
0: I, South Florida hasn't scored a point yet this year. Now give me <laughs> <laughs> Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech outright, but um, South Florida with the points. I and again, no good reason for it. So. You know, won't be betting on it. Won't be picking it as my uh, it won't be my pick of the week or anything like that. I just, just a feeling. I don't know. We'll see. It. I I cannot advise betting
1: Maryland. By the way, I I'm doing it for, for the memes, basically. But I can't
0: advise it. That's that's um, fair. I I will be betting Syracuse probably, and I I know it's a trap, but I'm gonna do it anyway because that's what i to do. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. Just walk right into that trap knowingly and willingly and yeah. ride, ride that thing to the end. All right.
0: Right until the line's done. Yeah.
1: Uh, Okay, we got one more close spread this weekend before we start uh, moving into more rapid-fire mode, we'll say. Uh, 11 o'clock, while College Game Day is still going on, before all the noon games start, on the ACC Network, uh, Mike, your Pitt Panthers are a a five-and-a-half-point home favorite against the Ohio Bobcats.
0: I don't know how they became my Pitt Panthers, but fair. Just go with it. Sure they are. Sure they are.
1: Um, We know you love Kenny Pickett. You love some Kenny Pickett. Come on. No way
0: that this doesn't get weird.
1: We said they're just like a, a, a poor man's version of your Virginia Cavaliers. So they could be your Pitt Panthers. God damn it. <laughs> Pitt's a five and a half point home favorite against Ohio. This feels a little bit like it stinks, but then again, Ohio was really solid last year. Um, that's a program that needs to be given their due respect. But then again, they, they won 41 to 20 against Rhode Island last week. That's not like a wildly confidence-inspiring win over an FCS team, so I, I don't know exactly how dangerous Ohio is. I really just like to think that Pitt's going to bounce back here after a, a, a loss to start the year in conference play. Um, get right a little bit. This this line being inside of a touchdown, I think I'm going to take Pitt to cover. But I'm just I take a lot of favorites on this podcast, Mike, and, I, and it ends up going against my
0: favorite a lot of times. It's it's week two. You're picking favorites. Who would have thought? Um, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, crazy. Hey, uh, give Ohio a little bit of credit. Rhode Island's a team that's probably going to beat Virginia Tech in October. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, give them some credit. Um, I mostly I mostly said that to trigger the Virginia Tech audience, but I think it worked. As as we're sitting here recording and nobody's heard this except for you and I, I think it works, by the way. Um Noted noted
1: UVA Homer Mike McDaniel.
0: Yeah, God, hate them too. I, I probably hate your team. Um <laughs> anyway, uh Pittsburgh. Um, an interesting crew, right? Like <laughs> let's Let's call it that. I I came away from that Virginia game and and we covered this in the recap, but I came away from that Virginia game on Saturday and and watching it just really unimpressed with Kenny Pickett. And it was, he is, you know, never really going to improve all that much. Right. Like unless he makes like a John Wolford type jump from junior to senior year, like I don't see it. It's pretty clear coming off of that opener. Like he's not going to be great this year and maybe I'm totally wrong and I'll eat my words if I am, but you know we've seen this show before um you know when he came in uh late in his freshman year and beat miami but then hasn't really done anything since he wasn't very good last year he was really bad against uva i you know ohio's defense is fine but like even so even though they're not like a phenomenal defense do i think that they have enough in the tank to stop kenny pickett yeah of course i do do I think that their game plan is going to be to stop the run, whether it's Todd Sibley or someone else in the backfield for Pittsburgh? Yeah, I do because I think that's a way to beat Pittsburgh. You make Kenny Pickett throw the football because he's going to throw it to you a couple times, Joey. He might throw it well, to he, you and I. You that know? better be your game plan. That better be your game plan. I mean, if you're if you're uh, trying to stop Kenny Pickett, you're going to let you know any post of Pittsburgh's four star running backs try to run all over you. Then that's not a recipe for success, and Ohio deserves to lose. Um, mm-hmm. I think Pittsburgh wins. Do they cover? What was the spread? Five and a half. Yeah. Gross. Um, This is like Georgia Tech, South Florida. I don't have a lean one way or another. Um, I think Ohio probably covers. I think Pitt wins. I think it's close. Does that mean I'm going to watch it? No, I'm not going to watch it. Um, Mostly because I'll be in. I'll be in the stadium for the Virginia Tech ODU game that we'll get to in a second, but I wouldn't watch this anyway. I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Um, I'm just not high on this game, Joey, at all, at all.
1: Yeah, this is not like a top three watchable game in the ACC this weekend, we'll say. Uh, The reason I would take Pitt here is because it's inside of a score. If this was like a nine, nine and a half point spread, I'm probably taking the Bobcats. Um, I, I think Pitt can win this game by seven without a problem. I think Pitt's defense especially should be good enough. Ohio seems to want to run the ball pretty heavily, and and Pitt's defense is in good shape to, I think, give them some problems in doing so. So I'm going to trust in Pitt here. Um, I I don't know how many points are going to be scored, but I think at the very least they can give Ohio's offense some some issues in trying to move the ball. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to roll with Pitt here, minus the five and a half. But I don't know that either is really, really recommending betting this game. So don't, don't get, don't, if you lose your bet, it's not on us. It's not our fault.
0: Can I say something? By all means. I hate all of my picks so far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just looking at the last three games we've picked differently both ways. So
0: I'm sure nothing's going to go wrong there, right? I'm coming off of a really solid betting weekend uh, for week <laughs> one. It's only natural. I come like crashing back to earth, so. I was gonna say this is this is the part where you you quit while you're ahead, right? Or I just quit. <laughs> <laughs> you are on,
1: yeah. Fair enough. All right, uh, Mike. We got a couple games here that are projected blowouts, you know, between ACC teams and lower Power Five teams. So I'll uh, we'll move quickly through these. Eight o'clock Friday night on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, the Wake Forest Steam and Deeks. Hell yeah. Right? 18point road favorite here in Houston Texas against my rice owls um, they're mine now I guess Ooh, uh, sure? yeah this is kind of a big number rice coming off a 14 to 7 squeaker against army uh, that's that's actually pretty pretty amazing that they held army that close and I, I don't know if that says more about rice or more about army but I, I tend to think, especially at night, it's not going to be super hot. I mean, it, it'll be kind of hot still, but not as brutal with the sun and all that. So I I, I like to think that Wake is going to be able to score enough to run away from Rice in this game. But that's also kind of a big number.
0: Yeah, Army was a popular pick to beat Michigan uh, in the big house. And I'll tell you what, after watching how they struggled against Rice, I think Michigan could win that game by like five or six touchdowns. And I, by the way, I think Army's very good. I think they will play better. I don't think they'll lose by six touchdowns. But – would it surprise me if they played as poorly as I just watched them play against Rice? Absolutely not. Um, mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people who thought that was going to be an upset pick was expecting Army to kind of have their way with Rice, and it just didn't happen. Um, I don't know who that says more about, Army or Rice, to your point. And, you know, if Rice ends up being like a, a team that's pesky and, and plays pretty hard, then maybe this game does get semi-competitive against Wake Forest. Um you know, I'm really high on Wake. Do I think that Rice is going to all of a sudden score like 40 points on Wake Forest when they could barely score on Army? No, um, this is not the Jay Bateman Army defense anymore, right? Like, he's not there. Uh, He's in North Carolina now, and this is a different – it's a different team in Army. It's not like Rice just faced like a world-class defense. I mean, they faced a pretty decent defense, but not an outstanding defense by any stretch. Um, Wake Forest defense is not very good My whole point is that I don't think Rice is going to all of a sudden just Score a ton of points and make this thing really Competitive if Wake Forest just gets rolling On offense like I just watched them Do against Utah State Uh, If that version of the Wake Forest offense shows up That they have way too much firepower For Rice to contend with in my opinion I think Wake Forest wins and covers Joey It's a huge line Um, I I could see why somebody would want to pick Rice to, To cover the spread but I'll tell you what, man, if Jamie Newman throws for 400 yards against Utah State, he's definitely throwing for 400 against Rice if you need him to. Um, I, I just think Wake Forest has way too many ways to beat you on offense. They run the ball well. They throw the ball well. They take care of the football. They're not turning it over a ton. And I think their defense is good enough against this Rice offense to, to hold them down enough to cover the spread. So i like Wake to win this game and cover. Fun fact, Mike, if
1: if you had to think of a pretty obscenely low number of plays for a team to run in a single game, what would you guess? Like, what would be a, a ridiculously low number of plays for a team to run?
0: Mm, 30 to 35, like that range. Okay. Would 44 seem pretty obscenely low to you? Seems low.
1: Rice ran 44 plays last week against Army. Yep. And they held the ball for 25 minutes still, which is kind of how that game went. That's um, a minor
0: accomplishment.
1: So at least you can say this, they're fresh. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't played that many snaps, so there's insane. that. Yeah, not necessarily. Yeah. Um, I. So the thing that's tempting here is that this is a, a bit of a road trip for Wake Forest, kind of coming halfway across the country um, into the great state of Texas to play this game. Um, and, and also a bit of a look-ahead spot. They get North Carolina next week in an out-of-conference game, keep in mind. But still oh, yeah. kind of a, a rivalry, local game, look-ahead spot. Rice was one of the worst teams in college football last year. All this stuff. I think Rice is going to keep it within 18. I don't I, I don't have a good reason for that. There's a lot of picks this week of, like, I don't have a good reason for it. but
0: I'm Disagreeing a bunch.
1: Yeah, let's take Rice in the 18. Wow. There's... I think there's some local people that tend to like this and I'm just going to follow them. I probably shouldn't. This is probably not smart. I don't know how much Wake is going to really have to push the, the pedal to the metal on this game. Right. Put it that way. Is that I, I, I don't know how hard they're going to have to try to really push it. here.
0: Why are you trusting the people of Houston to pick an ace? <laughs> what are we doing here? What are we doing? Uh, Yeah, that's not wise. They should be trusting me
1: on ACC games.
0: Um, (laughs) We've never steered anybody wrong before.
1: There's just a lot of points here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Rice here. Um, All right, so I got Rice. You got Wake. Um, You're probably going to be right in this game, just super honestly. I
0: I think Joey said Rice outright,
1: didn't he? That is not what I heard. (laughs) It's not what I heard, Mike. Not what I heard. Uh, Noon on ESPNU to, to kick off the day. You'll be at this game, Mike. Virginia Whoa. Tech hosting uh, some old startup called Old Dominion. Uh, the Hokies a 28.5 point favorite. This is a huge spread. I cannot possibly imagine the Hokies losing to a team like Old Dominion a second time. So <laughs> let's say hey, uh, Virginia Tech probably going to run away with this. Probably trying to make a statement after A, last year's game, and B, last week's game. Virginia Tech in a
0: row Yeah, I think losing to them once was enough, don't you think? <laughs> hey, you tell me. You're the Virginia Tech fan here. <laughs> the answer is yes, dummy. The answer is yes. <laughs> so, uh, Joey, Eric Kuma, former Virginia Tech wide receiver, and Chris Cunningham, former Virginia Tech tight end, have been named uh, – they have since transferred to Old Dominion, by the way. They have been um, hyping this up on social media for quite some time, and in addition, they've both been named captains by – Old Dominion coach Bobby Wilder for Saturday's game against Virginia Tech. Hokies have had this game circled for a number of reasons, but you didn't have to give them more reasons why. Somehow Old Dominion found a way to do that. I can't guarantee you much around this Virginia Tech program, and I'm I'm a firm believer in the fact that Virginia Tech is anything but consistent. And you know, I've been pretty outspoken about how I feel about the state of the football program currently, a uh, number of podcasts, Joey. I don't trust this team at all right? Let me lay that out there. I don't trust Virginia Tech at all to do anything right or consistent or, you know, sometimes even when they screw something up, it's like so shockingly bad that it even surprises me. Um, We're kind of to that point. I can guarantee you one thing. They're going to win and they're going to cover and this is going to be very ugly. (laughs) They're going to win this game by a lot. So I can't guarantee you much, but I can guarantee you that Virginia Tech will win this game going away on Saturday. I think they're going to want to make a statement because of what happened last year. I think they're going to want to make a statement because they're a better team than what they showed last Saturday against Boston College with all the turnovers. You know, Virginia Tech commits one or two less turnovers in that game. The outcome might be different. Um, I I just think Virginia Tech blows out Old Dominion. I'm thinking like 52-6 to or maybe that's a lot of points, maybe like 45-10. I just think they win in cover. I think they're a better team. That's
1: fair enough. The only thing that scares me about this is the hook on the 28. Man. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ride with you on this one. We've disagreed a lot, but I'm going to ride with you on this one. I think we're both on Virginia Tech to uh, win healthily and cover.
0: At the, uh, the not, at the very least, it's not going to be competitive.
1: I, I, I don't think so. And, really, if, if we're being super honest with ourselves, it shouldn't be. It better not be. <laughs> it better not be. Otherwise, you all need to log on to uh, techlunchpail.com and read Mike's column after the game because it's going to be spicy. Spicy. It's going to be spicy. Uh, All right, last one here, Mike. Five o'clock, the vaunted five o'clock TV spot on the ACC Network. Hell yeah. Florida State's a 21-point favorite at home against Louisiana Monroe. Uh, You want to start on this one? (laughs) What do we do with Florida State at this point?
0: Man, speaking of teams I don't trust, what do you know? (laughs) Um, All right, Florida State. Let's uh, let's try to put a full game of offense together here. Um, one half was not enough against Boise. One half would be enough in theory against you all, Monroe. But who's to say? Um, I guess they went in cover. That's weird. That's exactly
1: like verbatim. Not only the words, but also the tone that I was thinking. I guess they
0: went I, in cover? I don't know. There's like a question um, mark at the end of that. Hey Joey, uh, drawing a comparison to the Virginia Tech game, um, they better. They Yeah, they damn well better. I mean,
1: put it this way, Mike. Think about this. Both teams at home, one of them is a 21-point favorite. One of them is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. One is Florida State playing Louisiana Monroe. The other one is Clemson playing Texas A&M. You're like all playing coach. a top 15 team. You're old, Yeah, I mean, my goodness, like, what a time to be alive. Yeah, Florida State, I think we cover 21. Louisiana Monroe, not a bad team, but, like, having to chase around Cam Akers and the Scary Terry and some of them on offense is going to be dicey at best, I think. I think Florida State has to get
0: right this week. You've got to get right. If we get two full halves, i.e. a full game, of the Florida State offense that we just saw in the first half of the Boise State game on Saturday, Florida State's winning this game by a lot. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. you're, I mean, I I just laid out a theory and a scenario where Florida State is consistent over the course of the entire game, something that we really haven't seen for the better part of the last year and a half. No. Um, So, you know, take that as you will. I wouldn't bet this, but uh, I guess they cover 21.
1: Yeah, I guess so. The only thing I can think otherwise that would make me consider ULM here, besides it's just kind of a big number, is Florida State does have Virginia in Charlottesville next week, so they might be trying not to put too much on film, or really, again, trying not to to gas themselves too bad before going on the road, especially with the defense coming off such an exhausting effort against Boise State as they had this past Saturday, so... Mm -hmm. If I come up with some things that might cause me to bet ULM, that's that's what it is. But I, I still think Florida State, even with some of the backups, should be able to should be able to win this game by three scores at least. So I, but you know, at your own risk if you're going to put your money on it. So it's a five
0: it's a five o'clock game on ACC Network that you know 25 people are going to be watching. So they'll probably get <laughs> weird. Actually, 20 five of them don't have the ACC Network on their
1: cable provider yet. <laughs>
0: oh no. <laughs> <sighs>
1: go ACC. Okay. Uh, Mike, we have five more games here. These are all games uh, where ACC teams are playing FCS opponents. Uh, the, the the line service I typically use to figure out what the lines are on these games is Vegas Insider. Vegas Insider does not have lines on these games yet. So uh, you'll probably see the lines within 24 hours before game time. But what we've got right now is is from the Action Network, which is unofficial secondary line source, I guess, here. So Take these with a grain of salt if you're going out and trying to bet them. I don't know if you actually can bet them anywhere at this moment, but in any case, uh, quickly here, eight o'clock Friday night on the ACC network, uh, the Virginia Cavaliers a 35 and a half point home favorite against William and Mary. Most suspiciously here for me, Mike, the total is 44 and a half. I, I have to think it's over that, right? Like Virginia could probably score that by themselves.
0: Yeah, I'm going over the total. I think William & Mary actually covers uh, former Virginia coach Mike London, coaching William & Mary now. So um, Mm. maybe they play a little bit harder for them. Um, For them. Mike London is now two people. uh, For him. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I'm going to take William & Mary to cover. I think Virginia probably wins this game by like 30 points. It'll be ugly. I'm intrigued by that over-under, though. I do think that game goes over.
1: I'm going to ride with you on that one. I, I think William & Mary probably covers – I again, Virginia going to be seeing Florida State next week. How much do you want to put on film coming off a, a win against Pittsburgh and all that? I, I mean, Virginia doesn't also seem like the program that's going to try to blow people out yep. in a lot of cases. So, yeah, I think William & Mary covers, but maybe not by a ton. So, hey, Virginia by like 31 to 34.
0: Virginia could put a lot on film and Florida State, so wouldn't be able to stop it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that includes, like, blitz packages, which Florida State wouldn't be able to stop either. No offensive boy. line, Offensive line joke there. So. Yeah, Oh yeah.
0: My uh, – hey, I, I just looked in another Florida State offensive line that was injured. Ooh, ooh.
1: Too soon, too soon. Maybe not, I don't know. Anyways, 12.30 p.m. on Saturday on the ACC Network Extra? Is that what NX is? ACC Network Extra? I guess the AC network, like streaming service or something,
0: alternate channels. I'm just trying to get the main channel. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would they do that to me? I don't know. I
1: don't know. Anyways, NC State, a 42 and a half point favorite against Western Carolina. NC State is a program that will blow out some people, and Western Carolina not that good. So I'm going to ride with the wolf pack here. But I feel like a lot of these games I should not be graded win or loss on
0: yeah i'm with you nc state wins and covers uh they can score like 51 to
1: 7 or something like that Uh, i I shouldn't be like close need to really like crack the knuckles crack the neck a little bit with uh matthew mckay and really see what this offense can do um they they don't really get challenged here for a while they'll get florida state here at the end of september but um other than that, I mean, they're going to get West Virginia next week. Who's, West Virginia looks a little bit rough right now. And then Ball State, like, NC State is going to be cruising here for a while. So this is probably a good opportunity to try some things, but not too much. And, yeah, just kind of get out of there with an easy win and get some momentum.
0: Can't wait till they lose to Ball State.
1: Love it. Love it. That'll be fun, Dave Doran. 3.30 uh, p.m. on the ACC Network X Extra – streaming, alternative channel, whatever it is. Once again,
0: just trying to get the main channel.
1: Just trying to get the main channel. And, uh, Mike, you know what time it is?
0: Oh, boy. Dudes to the right, dudes to
1: the left, stuck in the middle with you. That's right, the dudes. Boston College, a 33-point home favorite against Richmond. Um, I... I think they're going to cover that. If they scored 30-some points on, on Virginia Tech, certainly they can uh, pull away from Richmond. Richmond don't is not do this terrible. Don't, don't do this to me. <laughs> don't do this to me. Um, this podcast is an exercise in torture, basically. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm dead inside. Um, yes, I've been really possibly. good at
0: tormenting Mike through the years. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Um <laughs> Boston College wins and covers. I they'll score plenty. Thirty three is a lot, but yeah, I
1: it's starting to seem like Boston College's offense might be a capable
0: unit. I'm to be honest with you, I'm just curious to see if the running game gets back on track. Virginia Tech did a pretty good job slowing that down last Saturday, so um, curious to see if A.J. Dillon could get back going in the right direction. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. That's true.
1: Yeah, Boston College in the thirty three. Or uh, giving thirty three, so we'll take them to cover uh, six o'clock ACC network expert Duke a twenty nine and a half point home favorite against North Carolina a And T here. North Carolina a And T is a little bit a little bit saucy, Mike. They're they're a functional football program. I kind of like them to cover. I don't think they're really going to threaten Duke here that much, but
0: I think they can keep it within twenty eight. Uh, I mean this is a hard one to bet because Duke it's another team that we didn't really learn a whole lot about on Saturday. Like they, they ran the option to try to keep Alabama off balance. I, I don't know what world I'm living in. Um, (laughs) on one hand, I mean, Alabama didn't score a touchdown on them until, you know, five or six minutes in the second quarter. So I guess in that sense, it's an accomplishment. On the other hand, Alabama still found a way to cover the spread after all that. Um, Duke's offense didn't do a whole lot on Saturday. I, yeah, I'll take A and T to cover. What the hell? I I, I, hate <laughs> it. I, I hate this so much. I hate it. But yeah, we'll take them. I, I agree. It. We cannot be held responsible for this
1: pick, um, Mike. I have watched a lot of North Carolina A and T football in my time, and have you? I have. Yeah, I'm, I'm a uh, foremost expert on the Aggies, as it
0: were. As much as as much as I watch Army and Ice.
1: That's right. That's right. Um maybe not that much, but certainly certainly getting close. Um NCANT kicked a field goal as time expired last week to beat Elon 24-21. Did they? They sure did. Yeah. Um big NCAA and T guy over here. So um <laughs> give, give, give me the Aggies to cover twenty-nine and a half against Duke, but Duke still wins pretty comfortably, no problem.
0: Um yeah, he got a master's degree for that. <laughs>
1: There's, there's probably jokes that can be made there, but it's, it's late. We've been running <laughs> long here.
0: Let's, 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 let's stop recording before we
1: make that. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, last one, 7 o'clock, ACC Network Extra. This is finishing off your slate. Uh, Louisville, a 24 and a half point favorite at home against Eastern Kentucky, also on the ACC Network Extra. I liked what I saw from Louisville against Notre Dame. I think that they're going to try to get a first win pretty emphatically under Scott Satterfield. Eastern Kentucky, not a bad football team by any means. Um, actually, one of the better teams in the FCS in recent years. But I think Louisville, with, with their effort and and kind of focus, I, I think that we're seeing early in the year, I like Louisville to win this game pretty comfortably, so give me the cards to cover.
0: I like how we've just – we don't even know. We've just gone with ACC Network Extra. We have no idea if that's right. We're just not rolling. It.
1: <laughs> that's what it is now. <laughs> Sure, surely that must be what it is. Um, I'm not sure I have uh, that either.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you and I, faithful, uh, faithful Comcast customers, for better or worse, mostly worse. Um, still cannot get an ACC network. Uh, shout out Comcast. Yeah, shout out uh, streaming illegally and by other means. <laughs> um, <laughs> Louisville wins and covers. I'm with you. Yeah, I think
1: so. I think so, Mike. Do you have a uh, preferred ACC pick of the week, or do you hate all thirteen of these games?
0: I hate literally all thirteen of them. <laughs> I'm not even. Jo- I'm not even. I mean, we laugh at them. I'm not even really joking. I hate all of them. Um, I'll pick one that I hate the least. I guess.
1: Not a lot of these really stood out. as, like I feel really good about this. Miami given four and a half at UNC felt pretty good. I feel good about Georgia Tech inside of a touchdown against USF. Um, I think you felt pretty decently about wake 18 at rice. So I'm going to go ahead and go first. I'm going to get, I'm going to make Georgia tech my pick of the week, which what could possibly go wrong there. Um, a lot. I'm going to take a lot. Yeah, so much. This is a game they lost last year. So, you know, good stuff. Um, I'm going to take Georgia tech minus six at home against USF. That's my ACC pick of the week. Um, Mike, by the way, the other game that you picked uh, was Syracuse outright against Maryland. So a few options there that you might not hate
0: any of them. One that I did not mention, the over-under in the Virginia Tech ODU game is fifty-six and a half. Um, I think Virginia Tech could score 50 on their own. Um, mm-hmm. And even if they don't, I think Old Dominion can score a couple times. I'm going to take mm-hmm. the over, Joey. Um, All right. Because, you know, say Virginia Tech wins 49-10. to 10, You hit the over. Congratulations. Um, That's right. So, I mean, even if you don't think Virginia Tech will get into the 50s, if you think there's a pretty good chance they'll get into the 40s, then, you know, I would consider the over just because I don't think Virginia Tech's going to shut ODU out. I think they'll blow them out of the stadium, but I I think ODU will score a touchdown or two, and I think if that ends up being the case, then you have a pretty good shot hitting the over because I'm not sure Old Dominion can stop Virginia Tech on offense, assuming that Ryan Willis doesn't turn it over four times. That's right. That's right. Uh,
1: Picks of the week last week, by the way, um, I hit with Alabama minus 35 against Duke. Um, by the way, it's becoming exceedingly clear that some of these coaches, they know what the spread is. Uh huh. Clemson kicking a 50 yard field goal with four minutes left against Georgia Tech to make it a 39 point margin instead of a 36 point margin is not a coincidence. I feel like. it is.
0: Um, Dabo just wanted to get BT Potter some work.
1: Yeah, of course, of course, right. you know, Get to that early season work. Get the reps in, that whole right. thing. Yep. Um, yeah, so I got that right. You had Virginia Tech in Boston College under 58. Um, that did not hit.
0: No, it did not. One of my few it losses. Yeah.
1: yeah, there were 63 points in that game. Uh, a 35-28 finish. So um, I am 1-0. You are 0-1 on picks of the week this year. So, again, I'm going with Georgia Tech minus 6 against UCF, or use SF. Very important distinction there. That would be real bold otherwise. That's right. And you have Virginia Tech, Old Dominion, over 56.5 points, which I don't hate that pick either. So, uh, in any case, uh, Mike, that's all I got on week two. You got anything else you want to hit on before we start working our way out? I
0: I think we're good. Um, Again, I hated all of these picks. I don't endorse really any of them. So, take that with a grain of salt. This might be a good weekend to
1: sit back and not, like, bet on ACC football games.
0: Yes, I I like
1: that distinction, ACC football games. And if you do bet on them, bet Maryland against Syracuse because it makes no sense. Just do it. Don't think about it. Just do it. But actually don't. Don't bet on these games. (laughs) Don't. Please don't. Please don't. Uh, Mike, we're going to get out of here. We're going to go watch these games, come back, recap them next week. We're on a normal schedule now. Uh, This is going to drop Wednesday sometime probably around lunchtime. Uh, Trying to get you guys ready for the Friday night games. Uh, We will come back, recap these games. Typically, we do the recaps Sunday evenings and post them uh, on Monday mornings. So you you got those on your drive to work and can uh, recap all the action from the weekend. So uh, keep an eye out for that. But uh, until we do that, in the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, the Overcast app, Breaker, Stitcher, Spotify, and most importantly, on the Anchor app. Uh, and Mike, they can send their questions, comments, concerns to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Yelled it. Yes, sir. And you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias?
0: Facebook, facebook.com slash review. Find all your podcasts there, Jay. Please do. Please do. We much appreciate that.
1: Uh, Mike, I think that's all I got. Anything else before we get out of here and go watch these games? I think we're good, man. On a week two. Let's see what on happens week here. two. Absolutely. Uh, football's back. We got more than just one week of it. So that's pretty sweet. Always a good time. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, enjoy the games and we will, uh, we'll talk soon. Yep. All right. Well, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. And until next time, go ACC.